Hey everyone, it's Steve here. Just wanted to take a moment to speak with you all about our show's sponsor, Tall Slim Tees. I cannot speak highly enough of their products. Just the other day, I put on one of my old shirts prior to ever wearing one of these Tall Slim Tees and it just didn't feel right. Now that I've been wearing my Tall Slim Tees for a little while, they are without a doubt the most comfortable shirt I've ever been able to wear as a guy who's a little taller, a little bigger than average, It's so, so nice to have a shirt that truly fits. And if you want to know exactly what all the hype's about, then I encourage you to go to tallslimtees.com where you will find their wide variety of selection with over 20 colors to choose from. And one last incentive, as you get to the checkout, be sure to enter promo code KOREA10. That's the word KOREA and the number 10, and you will save a further 10% on your order so i cannot encourage it enough go to tallslimtees.com right now and be sure to grab yourself a new shirt today and now let's get to the show i say to a lot of djs you know show me that you really want it you know because there's so many people out there that say they want it but what what are they doing to to get it they're not they're not working hard enough within you in order to succeed within your career. I'm Steve Meller and this and every single episode is a part of the ever-growing CG Sports Network who provide a wide array of content across multiple podcasts, across all social media and through their website at cgsportsco.com. I'm really excited to be welcoming on an old friend of mine to the show this week. But before I introduce him, let me encourage you to subscribe and rate the show. And feel free to share the show as well with your friends on social media, specifically on Instagram, where you should definitely tag us at Korea underscore competitor. And be sure to check out our Instagram account as well. As you can see, great footage of the episodes coming up and that have just been released. Now, as I already mentioned, we are bringing on a friend and former teammate of mine on the show today, Cal Jugru, who over the past decade has built himself an ever-growing and already very successful record label and agency. Underground Artists has evolved from a music blog into one of the UK's most sought-after artist management outfits. Since Cal established Underground Artists, he has built a superlative roster of contemporary artists, all of whom have their own unique niche and represent the very best in modern-day house music. What made Cal such a perfect guest to bring on to Career Competitor is that he has achieved so much in the last nine years thanks to the very same skill set that made him an international open-water swimmer for Great Britain 15 years ago. So much fantastic content to look forward to here within our discussion, but I encourage you all to firstly... Pay attention to the clear competitive edge Cal has when he talks about what he has achieved and the direction his career is heading, leaving no doubt that success will be a guarantee instead of a hope. But also be sure to hang around following the interview to hear my three main takeaways from the discussion in my keys to success. So let's welcome in former international swimmer turned house music agent Cal Jugru, and I hope you all enjoy. (music) 
All right, well, I am incredibly excited to welcome on a old friend of mine uh, from the UK, Cal Jugru, to join the Career Competitor podcast today. First and foremost, Cal, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm very good. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Just so excited to bring you on. Uh, a person who I've, whether you obviously probably don't realize it, uh, I, I've been following you over the Facebooks and all that kind of thing over the last few years. And the, the success of your career is something I've just simply been in awe of, honestly. And it's been fun to watch. And every time I see a new update from you in terms of the successes you're having, I'm you know even more excited for you every single time. But before I give any more away, Cal, tell everybody what it is you've been doing now for a few years. Um, so for nine years now, I've been running a um, DJ booking agency and management company. We look after DJs from all over the world. We've got like Italy, Denmark, Norway, um, obviously UK. And, you know, we book DJs literally in, in all around the world, almost every country. Um, and then some of those I manage as well. Um, all the DJs produce music and I help them sign to record labels, look after things like press uh that's it really that's it really it's a little bit more than uh, you make it sound sometimes but yeah you and i obviously you know good friends and 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 connected back from probably 20 plus years ago now which is scary to think uh we're we're both we're both getting on in years now but uh at the same time in in terms of the competitor that i knew you were and, and this is something I rarely get to be able to say about people I interview is knowing who you were before who you are yeah. now. All my memories are just racing you and, and racing you and everything that we did and, and always having uh, plenty of time at the end of competitions to always uh, let the other one know probably who, who, who got the better hand on, yeah. on whatever it was on that day. And just, just talk to everybody a little bit about your background in the sport of swimming and, and how far you went with it. Um. I'd say I went went quite far. I'm, I'm really proud of everything I achieved. Um, I represented England and Great Britain a number of times, both in the pool and in open water swimming. Open water swimming, I went to the World Championships when I was 15 um, in Japan. That was a, an amazing experience. Um, I think... Um, open water swimming... I, you know, I would almost credit my name as one of the names that kind of put, put it on, on the map, really, um, along with um, Greg Arfanides, who um, is actually a coach as well as yourself now in, uh, in America at Houston. Uh, Emma Collins, I have a Fredrickson, Matthew Kayser, Aaron Yeoman, Adam Harvey. We were all regularly competing for Great Britain and, and England uh, across the world and swimming some amazing places. Yeah, I mean, that, but that's a really important point to make, honestly, and it's something I didn't even think about until you mentioned it. Is he, here we are today, and anybody that follows Olympic sports in general will will see open water swimming represented at an extremely competitive level every single four years now. It, it, it wasn't, wasn't it was no. exactly, and it wasn't always the case. It wasn't always the case, and and you're exactly right yourself, and the, the handful of people you you, you reference in there. You were you were the beginning. Uh, you were where it all started. It wasn't a uh, it really wasn't a competitive thing at all um, twenty years ago. And, and for you guys to, to 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 not only invest your lives into competing within the sport, but then having that willingness to travel and, and compete at the highest level was only going to fly the British flag uh, around the world and, and make it something for 
for fellow Brits to aspire to be a part of. And here we are 20 years later with numerous British athletes that have climbed the mountain to the top of all the, the 10Ks and the 5Ks around the world. They've world champions, Olympic medalists, um, and, and you were right there at the beginning. Yeah, um, and, you know, with I don't want to kind of big myself up too much, but I honestly think that if it had have been in the Olympics that I would have made it. Mm. Um, and that's kind of one of the things that, I'm, I'm kind of gutted about really um, because it, in the pool it, it was you know people were starting to catch me up in, in there but you know 5k was really my thing and always was and I've, I've always been sort of very good at holding my pace um, as, as I'm finding now as I've started to, um, to get into running and cycling as well um, and again back into my swimming and um, that you know on the sprints I'm kind of left behind, but as we get longer, longer distances, you know, I start to catch people up and, and, and beat people really. Mm. Um, I honestly think that if, if it had been in, in, in the Olympics, then that I would have been there. Absolutely. No doubt about it. If you're traveling to world championships, it, it was just a matter of time, like so many sports that eventually get their opportunity at the Olympic level. The only way that happens is the demand to participate in the sport continues to grow and, and like we've said a couple of times now, you know, you were there at the beginning and you were part of that catalyst that really got things going. And uh, that's something you can, that, that in itself is something to be massively proud of. And I, I, I can relate and understand that, that feeling of being gutted about not having that opportunity at the Olympic level. But a few things you're saying here, then it's just throwing so many memories back into the forefront of my mind um, with your ability to endure and, and, and keep going when others maybe weren't able to keep going. And, you know, again, I, you know, fortunate enough to to not only race against you as a younger kid, but then be on the same team as you for a couple of years in Stockport as well. And and, and looking at looking at the person that you were there, you, you couldn't be broken. And I, I think that that mindset is something that here you are today as a as an entrepreneur, as someone that's now heading into year ten of of his own career. How do you how do you look back on maybe the summer that you were as as an endurance? athlete more from a mental side now and what did you get out of that feeling of knowing that hey i don't care how long you want to go for but i'm going to keep going and, and i'm not going to be broken just uh satisfaction really i mean i've always been very goal orientated and um i'd probably say you know more so than ever over the past couple of years um i mean i kind of look back on my swimming and and think I did a lot, but I could have done more. Um, you know, I relied on my parents a lot to do things like research around uh, food or certain su supplements. I mean, I was taking protein and creatine and glutamine and all that, but it was all from my parents' knowledge. I didn't really do any of my own research or anything like that. I wasn't, I wasn't very flexible and I wasn't doing enough stretching, you know, any, I wasn't doing any recovery work, like foam rolling or, you know, getting massages regular or anything like that. Mm. So I was dedicated then and focused, but um, I think um, that kind of helped me in, the, in a business sense um, because then, I don't know, it's just instilled in me. It's, it's just how I, I'm kind of made now. So everything I do, I set goals, mm. um, I write, um, to do lists regularly. 
um, and try and meet deadlines ahead of schedule. Mm. Um, I'm not sure if I've answered your question there. If I've no, no right but you, you have, and what you've done is you, you, you've kind of you've kind of sparked another thought because for from hearing you talk about some of the areas as as dedicated as you were in some areas you, you referenced there that you felt you were uneducated and unaware of other areas that you could have been able to incorporate in what you were doing looking at where you are now within within the business world do you not let yourself make that mistake now are you are you completely as educated in in your opinion at least in terms of how you need to be no i don't think so um but that's kind of a good thing because i'm always striving to better myself and look at new right. ways of working um you know i was looking to speak to other people and, and tap into their knowledge who might have been doing this for, for many more years than me i've got a lot of close friends now in the music industry who i speak to regularly and you know we all kind of help each other out and learn from each other um learn from each other's experiences um and yeah and yeah i'm, I'm just always looking at new ways of, of doing things and being more efficient all the time and mm. being more productive doing whatever i can really to be a better version of myself that's great that's great and, and it's, it's a massive message we always try to stress here is is that willingness to not accept uh where we are uh and, and it's okay you can be very comfortable with who you are that's fine but I think that once you start accepting and saying, hey, you know, I think I'm there. I think I've done it. I think I've achieved it. Uh, it's hard to be competitive at that point. I think yeah. listening to you talk, you can tell that the satisfaction is probably never going to fully be there. And there's always going to be that want to, to continue to strive to be better. And with that being said, this wasn't always your story. Uh, you know, you, you decided to take the, the more, say, normal route of, getting a, no a normal nine to five job. I tried it as well. It didn't yeah. work for me and it didn't work for you. Talk me through that time in your life. Well, um, I'm not sure how much of this you actually know, but um, part of the, of, of the going into the sort of working world was in, uh, involved around me leaving swimming. Mm. And it was a big decision to make whether I was going to keep swimming and train for four years and push for the Olympics, which in my heart I kind of knew that... I really didn't think I was going to make it. I'll go to university and um, and sort of work towards a career. But around that time, I was so unsure. So I actually applied to a lot of universities in America. Okay. But then I never pursued it anymore. And I realized that I love Manchester so much and I couldn't leave. <laughs> and, but then that, at the same time, I didn't think that it was going to lead anywhere and I thought I need to sort of get on with my career and um, I went to university studied accounting and at the time my sister was an accountant making great money and if I'm honest I kind of just looked at the money and yep. didn't really look I didn't fully know what an accountant was and <laughs> that's no lie I went to university not really knowing what an accountant was and I very quickly realized that I didn't didn't like it at university, mm. and I was after a, a year's university, I was close to quitting and doing something more creative around arts or even fashion. Um, and then I was kind of like, it's not really in my nature to just give up on it just like that. So I ended up finishing it, and and I was like, what am I going to do? So then 
I kind of looked at graduate schemes and got a job with the NHS on their management training program, mm-hmm. which is, uh, I think there was something like seven and a half thousand applied to it that year. Mm-hmm. I think there was 240 spaces and it was split over finance, HR and general management. So I did the finance strand. I think it was about 80 to 100 of us on it, which was great. They helped me qualify to be a chartered management accountant as well. So I did my mm-hmm. professional exams all at the same time as kind of really thinking this isn't for me mm. but during my time at university i um started working uh nightclubs with, with a guy called minesh um known as biggs in manchester who ran a lot of club nights and i just started flyering for him basically outside mm. the clubs handing flyers out and kind of progressed to a bit more than that to sort of being his right hand man and helping him out a lot and got to the point I was working five, six nights a week for him and uh, helping him open the club up, <clears throat> sometimes being a warm-up DJ, um, gathering data in the clubs, again, flying at the end or trying to get people in the club during the nights. And that kind of developed my interest in the music industry. And then it was kind of all R&B music. And after I left university, I went um, to a club in Manchester called Sankey's, which unfortunately is closed now different type of music that I've, that I've ever heard before like sort of minimal techno and I just completely fell in love with it it was like a light yeah. switch moment for me and then I was you know out every Friday Saturday listening to this sort of music and got to meet a couple of DJs and a few years down the line they ended up um, starting their own night and I became a partner in the night and kind of on developed from there really that's how the business was born I mean I was picking the DJs up from the work for the sorry, the airport, yeah. and I made a website to interview them. And, it, and then next thing I know, it's an agency. And so it was, it was never right for me from the start, um, yeah. that kind of normal working world. And I almost fell into the music industry by accident. Um, but I knew very early on that I kind of wanted to do something more creative. Yeah, that's, that's incredible stuff, honestly. And it, I've, heard so many of these stories over the years especially in the last couple doing this doing this show of of people doing doing a degree pursuing a career whatever it may be and and in the back of their mind always having this constant itch um that they want to scratch and just like i don't understand what that is and i can't figure out what that is and and for you the answer slowly came to you simply by going to clubs and, and and pursuing this opportunity to listen to and be around this music that really resonated with you. And I find that to be just incredible because so many people that we have on the show are where they are today because they started with some sort of passion project. And, and for you, it, it wasn't even that. It almost sounds like it was just some an, another way to make some money. And, and, and then slowly you started to see the potential that yeah, you could I maybe mean, have I mean, with it. I was working for the first two years of the company, I was still working as an accountant. So it was, yeah. it was kind of like a hobby for the first two years. And then right. a, a big, a massive, massive agency came in. I mean, these are, you know, making millions of pounds looking after, you know, some big DJs, but also some like huge, huge singers with, you know, we're talking names like right at the top. They came right. in wanting to buy 50% of the company. And that was kind of like, wow, if they see something in what I'm doing and I need to kind of see something in what I'm doing. And then the next day uh, I went into work and handed my notice in 
uh, worked for the next four weeks, and then that was it. I haven't looked back since. It's, it's amazing. It's yeah. it's honestly amazing. I love it, and I'm I'm obviously so happy for you and in hearing the story because for for me this this opportunity with this podcast where i am in in the process of this is i'm just sharing stories right now uh this isn't some this is a hobby for me too and and i i get what that that feeling is like when you're first starting out with something that really does hit home with you and allows you to be creative something that you and i have always had in common is that just willingness to 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 want to be creative um and i think for me with with swim coaching believe it or not i have many opportunities in that in that platform as well to be creative in my own way and i think you know this this podcast is an extension of that creativity as well but for you personally we've talked about it already you know satisfaction isn't something that comes easy to you uh, i've been following some of your most recent success names at the top of charts around both the uk and europe what what's the future going to be man because you're obviously not done you've got a long way to go Obviously, I would love to expand and, you know, become a, a much bigger company, uh, employ some staff um, and just get the best for my artists, really. Um, it's all about what I can do for them um, to help them, to make them household names, um, to make them headlining the biggest festivals around the world, the biggest clubs, the biggest gigs. Um, I get it's kind of like probably the satisfaction that you would get um, as a coach when when you swimmers do well and you know that we're on the podium. Mm. You know, it's the same thing for me. See my artists out there, you know, being played on whether it's being played on Radio One or headlining a festival or being number one in the charts or you know not not always number one top ten or even you know top one hundred sometimes mm. is you know is is it's it's tough. There's there's a lot of competition out there now. Yeah, and we, we were just we were kind of laughing a little bit before we started recording here about who we are as as competitors and how we we live with uh, <laughs> we we live with spouses in our lives that maybe don't quite understand that version of us and and probably never will to be honest. But in, in terms of the competitor that you are now, how much do your artists maybe connect with you on that level? Do they feel that desire from you to best represent them so that they can be as successful as possible? I think they do, yeah. Um, you know, the, we'll often have conversations where they see how passionate I am and, you know, sometimes they'll, they'll, they'll message me saying, you know, we love how enthusiastic and excited you are about this track or whatever. And they know that I work hard and, mm. you know, it's, it's another thing that people can put me down on they, they know that i'm a hard worker it's obvious that they must they must have that connection with you you know you, you just it's impossible not to um and, and again i i look back on 20 25 years ago when we were growing up in the sport of swimming you know as an energy as an aura you always had that you always had something about you that people gravitated towards and i think hearing that it, you're now representing people therefore having that ability to influence them and connect with them most importantly have that connection with them where they feel they are being represented best represented as possible by you that's only going to allow for success and it's only going to allow for for your agency and for all these artists within it to to continue to grow and uh out of curiosity you know is who do we need to hear about? Who do we need to know about? You can't obviously play favorites when you're doing what you're doing, but you know. I mean, you know, it's it's um, 
I talk about young people that are coming through and there's two young guys from Manchester called Mandalo that I've just taken on who very, very new right at the start of the careers, but I'm predicting really big things from those guys. Um, two great female DJs, just her and a, a new one to join the agency, Cyrita. Um, I've got to give shout outs to three DJs who are in the top uh, 10 best-selling artists in the world for Tech House right now. Martin Eichen, who's number one. Um, Night Funk, number two. And I think Clooney, we've got at number seven or eight. Um, God, it's so hard, you know. So many of them are doing big things. The glaciers, it's, a nice, it's a nice problem to have, mate. Yeah. It's a nice problem to have, all these names yeah. that you're trying to remember that are all being success stories. And I think that's just... Uh, just a testament to your nine years of, of uh, you know, graft up to this point. And... Well, sorry, I've got to say Will Taylor as well. Such a hard worker. <laughs> I can't leave him out. He works crazy, crazy hard. And, uh, you know, I've there's a, there's, some of my artists have wanted to work with me for like two, three years. And it's been a case of me often saying no and they keep coming back and updating me with what they're doing or me saying, you know, you need to go away and do this. And, Will Taylor was someone who came to me for, for two years and I kind of said, no, it's not right. You need to go away and do this and do that. And he'd come back and say, right, I've done this now. What's next? And, stuff. and, and uh, he's such a hard worker. He's a, he's a great person to work with. Well, do, do, you, do, you, do you find that you're bringing on talent that mirrors your mindset? I think so, yeah. Um, I kind of put it out there though at the start what I'm like and when I find talent I always ask them for a Skype call or a Zoom call and trying to get to know them first and get a feel for them I, I really need to get some sort of energy off them because I mean most of my artists that they're like my my best friends and I speak to them daily and if we don't get on I'm I'm gonna struggle to work with them that makes sense it makes a lot of sense brilliant well you also mentioned a a couple times before you you're back in the pool training again every every other social media post i see from you at the moment i'm, I'm looking at you and i'm thinking this guy's making me look bad right now you know he's yeah. he's getting in great shape what 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 where did that come from where did the desire to uh, get back in you know what so i i i've kind of had this obsession with a six-pack since i had <laughs> one when i swam um but you know i've always had a love of food and you know, I stopped exercising and just kept eating and got quite big. You know, my, my mates will say, now, yeah, you were fat. Um, <laughs> you know, they weren't at the time, but, you know, the, the, they're now saying, saying that I was. But I, my mate was getting married last year in September. So I said, I'm going to get in shape for that. And that kind of kick-started it. And I got in the pool. And then my local club asked me to do a competition for them after being back in the pool a couple of weeks. And I was like, okay. So that was March March last year. And then June uh, was Ironman. And Ironman UK is like five minutes away from my house, the start, uh, right, in the, right. the, the, the swims in, in the local lake. I said, right, I'm going to go and watch it. I was just like so hyped by it. I was, mm. you know, straight after it, I went on social media and posted a, a picture of the logo and said, I'm doing it next year. And because right, I right. put it out there on on social media that was doing it, I kind of committed then. I was, you know, there's no going back now. So mm. a couple of weeks later, I bought a bike, got a coach, entered my first triathlon, and then 
you know, really haven't looked back since, become crazy dedicated to it. Um, I can't even describe how into it I am now, way more than, than I ever was in, in swimming back in the past. And right. it's almost an obsession now. But you mentioned something earlier on about, I think about something that I said about how, you know, how we always want more, but it's so true. I've already started to look at other things like um, an ultra marathon, um, an ultra triathlon, or not, sorry, an ultra Ironman. And it's like, what what more can I do? Um, you know, I've not done, I've not even done my first half Ironman yet. And I'm already looking about how much further I can do and what, you know, I'm, I get really worked up if I don't, perform in a training session or if I have to miss a training session for whatever reason you know where it be you know that my wife's at work and I've got the kids or you know it's just kind of part of me again now it's kind of who I am I'm I've become an athlete again um and I'm crazy obsessed by it like I said and yeah well, you're all in you but you're all yeah. you're all in again and I think my my only other thought now is how is this new lifestyle outside of your work impacting your work itself? Um, you know what? I actually worried at first what my artists were going to think because I was thinking they're just going to see me training all the time because I do when I when I, I do well. I do like to share it, and you know, it's nice when now when I, I see friends and stuff and they comment about how much weight I've lost or how well I look. And, it feels good and it feels good when someone comments when you do a good training session as well and i did a, a, a an all right time i guess for 5k recently and a lot of nice comments around it and it makes you feel good um so yeah i kind of worried ab- about what my artists were gonna think about how much i was doing because they might think i was neglecting them and but it's actually benefited my business because i find now that i'm eating better and training well and sleeping better or you know not not necessarily sleeping more you know some nights i'm getting four five hours sleep or you know even less sometimes yeah. you know i'm I, I could be working till you know 1 a.m and could be getting up at 5 a.m to go swimming mm-hmm. um but i before i was just waking up so tired and lying in bed for an hour not being productive you know i wouldn't really do any work till around 10 30. Mm. um whereas now i'm you know i'm i'm getting up at five and going swimming but then i'm up and i'm right. home by half seven and and ready to to work and, and right. get business done then um so i'm actually finding that i'm more productive and kind of the the drive to succeed in in sport has reignited the drive to succeed in my business a bit as well and Absolutely. um as i said earlier in, in, in on the call that i'm probably more goal orientated now than i've ever been and you know that's a, a part of of me being back in in sport and where i see myself in the future and everything and yeah it kind of all links together really well absolutely i, I i've always especially in the last three or four years you know for me four years ago i was I was, I was a swim coach and that was it. Um, you know, I, I didn't really find, I didn't really find that I had many other reasons to wake up in the morning aside from being a good swim coach and, and making the best, making the best environment possible for my athletes. And in the space of four years, I've gone from that to 
being married, having two kids, having a podcast. Um, and for me, the more and more and more I bring into my life, the more and more I find myself wanting to invest in myself in terms of, yeah. it's like I, my wife, she can't stand it. I'm like, I haven't worked out today. And she's like, well, it's just one day. I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. Yeah. You don't understand. It's like, so when I get 30 minutes, I'm running into the garage. I'm going to work out. And I'm going to come back, I'm going to shower, and then I'm just going to carry on with the rest of my day. But I need that 30 minutes. I need that 30 minutes. And yeah. I think hearing you talk, it's, it's so refreshing to hear because I think so many people listen to this that are saying, I'm so busy with work. I'm so overwhelmed with work. I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that. I always turn around, look at those people and say, if it means enough, you will always have time. You yeah, always, if you want it enough, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I say to, to, um, to a lot of DJs, you know, show me that you really want it um you know because there's so many people out there that say they want it but what what are you doing to, to get it they're not they're not working hard enough right um and for sure there's some days where you know there is literally no time because you've done absolutely everything you can um in the day and, and there's just no time left but but i'd say to say that to use that as an excuse every day isn't good enough Right. You, know, you, you can make time um, and you, you can squeeze things in where you can get up at 30 minutes earlier if, if, if you don't have time to train, you know, do it before you go to work, mm-hmm. um, do it before you go to bed, uh, do it on your lunch break. You know, there's, there's, there's plenty of time to do it. Do it at work, you know, <laughs> if, if you, you know, do some squats or some press-ups <laughs> in a toilet. You know, it's, uh, you know, I, I've done it before and, um you might get some funny looks, but who cares what what, mm. what people think? Absolutely, that's a great sentiment to finish this on. It really is. Uh, you know, if it's about you, if it's about what you want for your best interests and and for your successes, it's really important just to focus on you and not get too distracted by what others think. Uh, with all that in mind, before I let you go, Cal, tell everybody where they can find out more about both yourself and also all the work that you're doing with your agency too. Yep. So for myself uh, on Instagram, I'm Underground Cal. Uh, that's K A L. And for the agency, you can find us at at Underground Artists Agency. Awesome. Awesome. Well, anybody listen to this? Check out some of the artists. Go check out Cal. He's a fun follow on social media for sure. Someone I've enjoyed following for years now. And Cal, honestly, mate, this has been. A really, really fun 35, 40 minutes opportunity just to catch up. Um, you know, always always thought so highly of you and it's great to see you being so successful. So thanks again. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, it's great to see you being successful out there too. Cheers. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. And my thanks again to Cal for joining us on the show today. And as always, we'll finish with my keys to success, starting with my competitive call, which is patience. It is so reassuring to hear how Cal was willing to invest so much time and energy into gaining education and experience for himself within his initial career without just panicking when it didn't quite feel right. He felt that yearning to be doing something else, but he never forced it, and eventually the right decision evolved before his eyes. I personally believe that all the education and experience he gained while pursuing an accounting degree and working within the British medical system built him into a more well-rounded entrepreneur for when he was ready to transition into his own business full-time. 
a big part of patience comes back to having faith in yourself. And Cal makes it clear throughout our chat that he has always been ready to bet on himself, knowing he would never walk away from a challenge. Next is my teachable takeaway. Can we be helped by not being provided opportunity? A lot of what we discuss on this show is about inspiring people to better themselves and in turn their career. But what if I told you that one of the best things that can either happen to you or can do for someone else is be told you are in fact not ready for the opportunity you want. It would be nice to always receive yes after yes and be handed every position and role you want in that moment. But I know firsthand how being denied opportunity can be the measuring stick for how badly you want something in the first place. People find out the most about themselves when they are denied a chance in life. You will soon realize just how much that opportunity meant to you in the first place. And finally, my motivational move. Have an outlet. Cal's story of re-establishing his swimming and fitness regime is an awesome example of how implementing an outlet away from your career can actually strengthen the career competitor you already are. Despite now being busier than ever on a daily basis, Cal has never felt readier to take on his day and build the business to new heights. The show is about taking the mindset of an athlete into the world of your career, but don't forget that you can also strengthen those very same traits in your life away from the office too. So if you don't have an outlet, establish one. And if you do have an outlet, the way I do with my fitness plan and of course this podcast, then find some ways to build upon the competitor you can be within that area too. Thanks so much for listening and continuing to support the Career Competitor Podcast. Don't forget to rate and share the show. And in the meantime, best of luck with everything you have going on within your world. And I look forward to speaking with you all again very soon. Bye for now.